The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. It is 3.07 on the Central Coast. On this Tuesday, January 10th, 2023, I'm Dave Congleton welcoming you to another edition of Hometown Radio. Hope that you are well. Hope that we're all doing better. Not to worry, Craig is keeping an eye on traffic and weather, and if there's any updates for you, we will let you know. Meanwhile, as we attempt to go back to normal programming, that means at 4.05, Greg Astle's in studio. He's very concerned about Greg uh, would call our digital culture. We're digitizing everything from our currency to our music to the emphasis on texting. What is going on? We'll hear from Greg. We'll hear from you. Dr. Larry Martinez at 505 is literally just off the boat from Antarctica. He had the trip of a lifetime, the trip I knew he would have. He'll share his adventures at 605. Sam Cotton wants to know the song that makes you change the dial. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. First up, well, in Congress last week, it was quite the week, wasn't it? As the new Republican majority struggled to come up with the Speaker of the House, it took 15 ballots. But now they have a Speaker of the House, and the members have been sworn in, and they're going to work. And guess what they're doing? Republicans in the House of Representatives will vote on a bill that would abolish the Internal Revenue Service, eliminate the national income tax, and replace it with a national consumption tax. The House will be voting on Georgia Republican Congressman Buddy Carter. It's called the Fair Tax Act that attempts to reel in the IRS and remove the national income tax as well as other taxes and replace them with a single consumption tax. Always good to be in conversation with Mr. Michael Aaron Woody. He joins us now. Mr. Woody, good afternoon. Good afternoon, my friend. How are you doing? How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Good. Always good to hear from you. Are you surprised by these initial moves from the Republican majority in Congress? This is what they've been promising all along, and now that they're in power, this is what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. I guess there were two things that came to my mind in all this, one of which is that there had to be a deal cut with the Freedom Caucus on uh, from Kevin McCarthy in order to bring this to the floor. So we're, we're seeing this because there was a deal cut. Number two, the question I always ask in situations like this is, um, when the Republicans were fully in charge of everything a few years back, why wasn't this on the floor and voted on and signed by the president a few years ago? So I just always kind of shrug my shoulders when I see things like this by either party. Did you have you do you have an answer for that? <laughs> Welcome to the world of politics on a national level. That's about all I can say. All right. But yesterday, they uh, apparently the House voted to pass a bill that would uh, gut funding for the IRS to hire all these additional agents. So it's Correct. clear that the new House majority has the IRS in its sights. Yes, absolutely. And, and you're talking about the $80 billion that was approved uh, in cuts by Congress, yes, I believe. right. 
Yeah, and, and let's let's do a little backtrack on this one. The $80 billion that's in question here was part of the original Inflation Reduction Act passed by the Democrats back in August of this year that I was on your show talking about. So put a little bit of perspective on this. That's what we're talking about. Now, as a little fundamental side on this one, that $80 billion was split in two halves. About $40 billion of it would go towards more enforcement officers and more enforcement of IRS codes. The other $40 billion approximately was designated for better operations, taxpayer services, technology improvement, and a direct free e-file system that they were going to put into place. So, you know, you got to kind of split hairs on this one a little bit instead of just lumping it together for $80 billion over the next 10 years for the listeners. And and I think it's a better way to look at this whole thing. Sure. So what's the argument for eliminating the IRS, which I I looked at the figures. The latest one I could find, Michael, is uh, 2020. We'll round it off. Basically, we raised $3.5 trillion in 2020 from income taxes. Correct. Yes. So why why get rid of the IRS? Well, see, I, and I think personally getting rid of the IRS would be a mistake under the Fair Tax Act by uh, Georgia's, uh, Georgia Representative Buddy Carter that he's trying to put forward on this one. Because when you eliminate the IRS under his proposal, what you're doing is you're turning the tax system into um, uh, the, the national sales tax, but he's turning everything over to your state governments to mostly govern. And therein lies what my biggest problem with this is. If going into this, if we want to talk about a national sales tax and eliminate the 10,000 pages of uh, tax code and simplify everything, I'm all for that. Turning this over to the states, what he's proposing, I think gets into a real bad problem in terms of what has to be done. Explain, please. What's the problem? well, because now here we go again. We it's it's like when you get uh, all these states all together, and everybody's going to come up with their own rules and their own rules of how they're going to put together, how they're going to enforce it, and then you have a national government that's relying on uh, all these different state jurisdictions to put it together correctly and coordinating everything. You're better off to leave this as if you want a national sales tax, keep the IRS in place, call it something else. I don't care what you call it, but put that into place and make it a um, a, a national sales tax, and and just keep the filing two different taxes as we're doing now, one for the state and one for the federal government, as we've been doing all along. Well, maybe, At least the two are very separate. Maybe I'm missing something. If we got rid of the IRS and eliminated the income tax and passed it back to the states, wouldn't the states keep all the money? That's something that I can't figure out. I, I, I agree with you. I'm missing something on this one. And this is where it just gets really odd to me is because, you know, I mean, we still have to pay for our national defense. We still have to pay for you know, uh, everything we do nationally from, you know, Department of Defense, I mean, my gosh, just go down the list, our national park systems, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, so I don't understand what is the point of having your states take over the enforcement of a national tax. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not getting that. That's that's where I'm having my whole problem with this whole idea. Yes, although the, the bottom line, Michael, is that realistically, given the Democrats control the Senate and the White House, what right. are the chances of any of these bills becoming law? Uh, about as much of a chance that it's going to snow in downtown San Luis Obispo in the next hour. Then why do it? (laughs) You know what? It's it's typical political posturing that we see in government all the time, especially on a national level. Uh, The first thing, one of the first rules of anything in politics is you always play to your base. This goes right back to, like, Black Lives Matter. They'll go in there and say, well, we need to defund the police. We need to defund the police. But 
when you ask them, well, what are you really doing here? They'll say, well, we don't really want to, quote, defund the police. We just want better policies put into place. But that phrase in itself plays into a certain constituency that supports Black Lives Matter. Now, take it over to the Freedom Caucus. They're playing. They're saying, well, we're going to abolish the IRS. We're going to abolish the IRS. But if you read the fine print, what they're going to do is they're not abolishing the IRS per se. They're turning the majority of the rules, excuse me, majority of enforcement over to the state government, but it will still be overseen by the federal government just called something else so you got a whole new different set of policies but it's just it's just a big smokescreen for saying we're going to do something that people people who are frustrated with the irs if you don't pay attention to government you're thinking to yourself well these are the guys who want to abolish the irs you got my vote and that's all i know uh michael there you go. michael Aaron woody is on this broadcast uh the good news is congress is back to work the bad news is congress is back to work <laughs> uh we're talking about what uh, it's like these first few days we'll continue the conversation and invite your participation a little bit later on i'm dave congleton on am 920 fm 96.5 news talk kvec it is 318 on KVEC. I'm Dave Congleton. I'm really excited. About a week from today, we're going to have Bruce Sanborn with us, theater owner. He owns the Downtown Center Movie Theater. He owns the new, uh, not the new, the, the movie theater up in Atascadero. And he's going to talk about the challenges being faced by movie theater owners. Uh, tomorrow, we'll put the community spotlight on the uh, Jazz Jubilee. Uh, we're going to have another stab at interviewing Debbie Peterson, former Grover Beach mayor, about her brand new book. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show, where we are back with uh, Michael Aaron Woody. Uh, in the first segment, we focused on what's happening in the new Republican-dominated Congress this week. They're putting their initial attention on the IRS uh, there's one bill to cut funding for the IRS. There's another bill. They want to abolish the IRS altogether, eliminate the income tax, and replace it with a so-called national consumption tax. But as we continue, Michael, I would be remiss if we didn't pick your brain about what happened last week in Congress, because you claim to be a conservative. Are you still a conservative? I don't, I don't see why I'm not. Okay. Nobody has yet to see why I'm not, so All there right. you go. All right. So as a conservative... Watching yeah. the events last week, what went through your mind? Well, it was the fact that because there was such a slim majority uh, that the Republicans gained in the House and the, uh, for the House seats, they really had to scrounge together every last vote to put it together so one person could come along and ruin it for everybody. In this case, it was Representative uh, from Florida, Matt Gates, and I don't even want to get into his history what a mess he is. But however, he was able to build together a coalition of roughly 19 to 20 Republicans that held up this entire process. And what was this, the longest process that had taken place since 1856 for putting together a Speaker of the House? It's absolutely unbelievable. And, and here was the thing. We all knew where it was going. We knew that Kevin McCarthy was going to get this, but they just made a mess out of it. For what purpose? Uh, I, I go back to the most basic thing there is, is the uh, purpose of just putting together a show for the American public, but they were able to get some concessions, and one of them was what we had just spoken about, was putting on the floor from the Freedom Caucus the ability to uh, create these two bills to eliminate the IRS and to cut funding. And, of course, my favorite one was Matt Gates actually walked into Kevin McCarthy's office on Monday before the first Tuesday vote and said, uh, I want to be put as the chair of the House Armed Services Committee, and and that's what it's going to take to get my vote. And Kevin McCarthy told him resoundingly no, and that was the beginning of the entire mess and stalemate for the week. Mm. So what does that say about our system? 
I guess argu- ar- arguments can be made on both, both sides. We'll find out. But what does it say when uh, a small minority, because there were at least 200 Republicans who wanted Kevin McCarthy all along to sure. be the speaker, and a small minority held the vote hostage? Uh, you know, I see, I go back to saying that that's exactly how the founders uh, designed it and how it should be designed, is that it goes into a very vigorous, vigorous debate. I, I know it gets frustrating for people to watch something like this, but it should be this way. I mean, not all the time. You don't want it this way. I mean, look, what Matt Gates did was a joke. It was just ridiculous. I mean, if you want to be the chair of the House for the House uh, Armed Services Committee, yeah, that's a position you earn. You don't blackmail somebody for it, but that is part of our process. But I go back to saying, you know, what's the alternative? A bunch of people go in there and just blindly say, well, we have to do what we have to do. Well, to me, that's a bigger mistake. It might look pretty that way, but in actuality, it doesn't allow for people to go out there and voice their opinions, whether you like their opinions or not. And I'd rather hear their opinions, even if I absolutely disagree with them. Mm. But I come back to the fact that uh, the two biggest antagonizers appeared to be uh, Matt Gates, who I could have sworn was under a cloud of investigation, and then Boebert, who barely got reelected. Yeah, so, you know, and, and that just, and, and it's like I said, I mean, but like it or not, their constituencies did elect them. Why, I don't know, and I don't even want to get into the mindset of that mess, but you know, they were elected, and this is how the process works. And I still go back to saying, you know what, I'd rather have this than, uh, than, than something where everybody lines up and says, okay, I'm just going to vote like a robot and just keep doing this over and over. But unfortunately, the, uh, the, the problem with having that is you end up with these situations like this, where the, quote, minority is holding everything up, but the minority is very... Uh, has a very bad direction of where they want to take everything, or they're very, um, or, or they have, um, oh, how do you put it? They, they're not true in their values. You know, that's that's a better way to put it. They're just they're just not really true in their values. It's for very selfish reasons for what they're doing. So, what was the impression you had of Kevin McCarthy at the end? And have you been a supporter of him traditionally? Uh, you know, traditionally, I have been a supporter. I've been what I call a frustrated supporter of his until how he handled January 6th. Um, if you recall, what happened is he sat there originally and stood strong against Donald Trump for the absolute fiasco of what happened in January 6th. Well, by the end of the month, he was down there having lunch with him, um, making up and getting everything together. And I thought, at that moment, I lost all respect for him. I mean, if he if he ever wanted my support, honestly, it would have to be him sitting in a room with me one-on-one and talking to me about it. Explaining me what's going on here. Because this, I, for that, on face, absolute face value, it was an absolute joke. Hmm. So does this um, strengthen when the dust settles? Is Kevin McCarthy able to move on now as Speaker? Or is there a perception of him that is going to follow him. I, I think there's a perception of him because right now he's holding on to that speakership in a very weak, weak manner. I mean, in other words, right now they will be able to put on their uh, a vote of no confidence to have him removed at any time they want to at this point. And that was one of the things that he had to concede to was giving, um, giving into that type of rule change for while he's Speaker of the House. I think his speakership is going to be very, um, very weak, to say the least. And he's, so he's playing with a weakened hand for the next two years. I think what's sad about it also is that the Republican Party and the conservatives had a uh, had the ability to start moving forward with a new generation of leadership. 
But they chose instead to pick Kevin McCarthy, who's been there for far too long, who should not be in office anymore, like a great many of them, much like Nancy Pelosi shouldn't be there. But at least the Democrat Party has got the temerity to start moving on to a new generation of leadership. But the Republican Party is still stuck stuck in the mud saying we're going to hold on to our dying breath to the Kevin McCarthy's and the Donald Trump's of the world, and we're just going to keep doing this over and over and over until it's, they all get thrown out of office. It's strange because I'm hearing two things from you, Mr. Woody. On one hand, I'm hearing you say that what happened last week was necessary and, and it's the best way, but I'm also hearing you say that as a result of what happened, Kevin McCarthy was weakened as a leader. Those two seem incongruous to me. See, and to me, they don't. I mean, to me, it's just, yes, because I never said that the best system will lead to the most solid person being elected, and they're going to be on sure ground. Okay. It's a system to me that is the best system to do, and in this case, it led to a Kevin McCarthy being elected leader, uh, of the, uh, Speaker of the House, but he's very weakened at this point. See, and to me, those two actually work, are, that's just a result of the system. So as uh, we get ready to go to news here in about 90 seconds, the idea is because uh, the Freedom Caucus was able to um, wring some concessions from Mr. McCarthy, that means we're going to see more legislation being proposed like what we've had in these first two days. Abolish the IRS, cut funding for IRS. Now I guess Jim Jordan wants to set up a committee to go investigate the investigators. Yeah, and I think that's what's really uh, sad about the results of this. Like I said, I still think it's the best system to do, but unfortunately sometimes the best system does not get the results that I would personally like to always see. And in this case, that's what I'm seeing here. So what we're going to have is we're going to have a Republican Party in the House that is going to be doing a lot of posturing and positioning and not necessarily working across the aisle with everybody and the majority of people in Congress to get things done actually for the American people. And therein lies the frustration of it on my side of it. Some people are saying it's just going to be payback time. Oh, absolutely it will. And it's just going to be just posturing everything for Donald Trump's um, run again for president in 2024. All right. We have a lot to talk about with uh, Mr. Michael Aaron Woody as we focus on what has been happening in Congress this week, just two days in. But already there's a flurry of new legislation and uh, also what the lessons were from last week. We are off to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with Time Saver Traffic and Weather Together. We'll continue our conversation and invite your thoughts as well. All that's straight ahead on the Tuesday edition of Hometown Radio. I'm Dave Congleton. Stay with us. Let's take a second and invite you to get the KVEC app. It's free. It's easy. I can even do this. Go on, get the app, and that will allow you to get free audio interviews and podcasts on demand from the KVEC app. KVEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast. Click on podcast at 920kvc.com for all the KVEC podcasting options. Do not leave home without the KVEC app.
You have landed on the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Michael Aaron Woody is with us. We're just trying to uh, give you a sense of what life is like now with a brand new Congress and a brand new Speaker of the House. Uh, we've talked about already how their first uh, target is the IRS. There's one bill to cut funding for the IRS. There's another bill that's been introduced, the Fair Tax Act, that would abolish the IRS eliminate the income tax, and create a national consumption tax instead. And, Michael, as we're back with you, all right, I mentioned this at the end of last segment, but here's the details. They've already done this now. The House today approved a GOP resolution to create a select subcommittee that Republicans say will launch a far-reaching examination of the agencies and people that investigated Donald Trump. Uh, it was approved on a party line of 221 to 211, will be empowered to investigate any federal agency that collects information about Americans, even in cases of ongoing criminal investigations. So they're going to look at everybody who's been investigating Trump and other people to investigate them. You okay with that? Uh, you know what? Here's, here's the thing with it, is that let's, let's go back to the Democrats and let's go back to all these times that they went in there and they were investigating everything from the Russian collusion, Trump's tax returns, the firing James Comey, the Trump family business, um, Trump's phone call to the Ukraine. We led with the Trump impeachment. I mean, so what we're seeing here is that you're seeing on one side goes in there and does all these investigations, and another side gets control of the House, and they start all their investigations. And now it has just turned into this back-and-forth volley, cycle after cycle after cycle. To answer your question, what one party needs to do is they need to stop the insanity. If they really want to do the work of the American people, they go in there and say, hey, listen, we're not going to go through these these sham investigations anymore on either side. You know, because both parties are doing this, and it's just getting irritating to all of us. We're going to go in here and we're going to get something done. If I was in there, I would tell them, listen, all this has to stop. Let's start with the work of the American people. Because what's happening is that these all these investigations are taking place, whether it be by the uh, uh, Democratic Party or by the Republican Party, it frustrates all the Americans. The only thing it does is it riles up your voters and your voter base on your far left or on your far right. So I would tell them, no, I wouldn't be supporting this anymore. It's time to move on. It's time to get something done for the American people. But you know that there, I mean, these are only three that we've talked about. There are more, there are more on the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and And I just keep just shaking my head cycle after cycle, no matter who's in office, and thinking to myself, when does the lunacy stop? When can you guys go back there and actually accomplish something and do something? The irony of it is that whenever either party is in full control and full power for those two years, they don't get anything done. It, 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 whether or not I support their positions or not, they have an excuse for not getting anything done. And that's what's just, I, I just keep thinking, when does this insanity stop? Hmm. All right, Michael Aaron, what is on this broadcast? We're talking about the new Congress. If you want in on the conversation, feel free to join us. 805-543-8830. Call in, text, and chime in. Or you can even call us toll-free at 800-549-5832. As we look at what's happening, getting rid of the IRS, investigating the investigators. I would be remiss if I didn't ask your thoughts about the congressman from Long Island, George Santos. <laughs> Is that his name? Yeah. Well, that's what he claims it is. <laughs> well, so he claims it's his name. Wait, isn't he Jewish? Wait, have we not figured that one out either? I, I don't. 
this guy, this guy is just fraud after fraud after fraud. I've never seen anybody lie so much over and over and over, and he continues to lie. And then he denies things, and then the denials become another lie. But he got uh, elected. Just, but he got elected. He, he did. But you know what? A lot of these things, and, and this goes back, you and I have talked about this. We have this conversation is that where was the media? And as I like to say, where was his opposition doing op research on him on all of these types of things? I mean, my gosh, this was not difficult things. These are not difficult issues to find on somebody, for gosh sakes. And, and I watch this and I think, my God, everybody fell asleep. His opponents fell asleep. The media fell asleep. This guy was allowed to just tell any story he wanted to. Oh, I went to where he said he went to NYU. I've got these degrees and everything. Right. Absolute 100% lie across the board. But Unbelievable. He, but he still got elected. So what do the Republicans do with him? Uh, well, if I was there, I'd say get rid of him. If, if there was a way to get rid of him, and I believe that there is, I would say get rid of him or just make sure he's not on any of these committees or involved with any of this. This guy is an, uh, no matter what party you're involved in, if you have somebody that's that toxic within your party, just ostracize them to the broom closet down the hallway and say, here's your broom closet for your office for the next two years. You're not going to get our support uh, in your reelection, and we're going to get rid of you in the next cycle. Let's so take a call. Have fun with- All right. we, we got Mark in San Luis on KVEC. Hi, Mark. No, I think uh, him and uh, Donald Trump are going to have to go to Liars Anonymous together. Um, <laughs> that, 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 that'll be a great group. I, I don't know which one would get Liar of the Year. And Time Magazine, they both just uh, seem to go out there. But anyway, what my, my point of the, the Republican Party, uh, you had the speaker, as you pointed out, uh, went back and kissed Donald Trump's ass after after that all that happened. I mean, I, I think the Republicans are going to have to lose some more elections and uh, take some more beatings. Uh, they they should have been a sweep. They barely eked it out. And um, the, this nutball thing about the taxes right now, it should be. The deficit, the border, and and um, you know things like that to the American people. I mean, the, the last time the Republicans were in power, they couldn't even get an immigration bill out of the Republican House because of the single-minded, uh, single-issue uh, Republican uh, uh, vo- voters or the congressmen. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to take some time to clean it up. Michael, so, anyway. what do you say? Yeah, I think it's exactly right. So what, what you have to deal with, what the Republican Party needs to be doing right now is going back to their just core values. You know, the proverbial, you know, strong on defense. We need to uh, fix the border problems we have. We need to uh, putting together some very pro-business types of legislation in there and just deal with bread and butter Republican issues. But instead, they turn it into this mess every day and it's just it, it's, i just want to bang my head against a brick wall sometimes and think this i'd be crying if it wasn't so funny some days so mark what would you do about the congressman from new york oh i would fire his ass just to show that i have you know to begin to take back some morality in the party but not these days dave i mean you know after what donald trump's done and all that no he's he's he you know he's on the team the crazies won't let him go I just um, I, I want to point. One, I, Woody, I agree with you on your analysis of well, the Republican Party used to be pro uh, deficit reduction, um, uh, pro uh, entrepreneurship, and you know it's hard to believe this was the party under Richard Milhouse Nixon that passed the most far-reaching environmental impact um, law in the history of the world, called the uh, Clean Water Act. 
um, oh, yeah. and and to think of where they're they're at today because you know why it made sense, and you would you know never what? even get close to something like that today, Michael. And what what a great reminder of history, and thank you for reminding me of that because I see to me things like that go back to you know another great Republican, Teddy Roosevelt. You know, this was an individual who went in there yep. and got the uh, national park system started. He understood the importance of this. Or even going back to Abraham Lincoln, who understood the importance of equality and getting rid of slavery. The Republican Party has a very storied and great history in this country, the, what I call the real Republican Party. Mm-hmm. But it's being overran by a bunch of lunatics in the last 15 years. And but, I just think, what is going on here? Yeah, but gentlemen, would, pardon me, I'm eavesdropping on two you both have claimed in the past to be conservative. And it sounds like, Mark, I'll start with you, that you want the Republicans to be more moderate. Uh, Dave, I want them to accomplish stuff. I, I don't want anyone crossing the border illegally. I want that taken care of. I want fiscal responsibility. I want my grandson to have a good life in the United States of America. I want entrepreneurship uh, to be at the forefront. I mean, California is choking off. Every business there is right now is leaving California. And so I, I not not moderate, Dave, but just the ability of common sense to get things done. And I guess you could construe it that way. It just depends how you would look at it. But to me, we, we just don't, we don't, uh, there's, we don't, that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. I, and Woody, to your point, conserve, conservative used to mean to conserve. And the word conservative now means nutcase. And it's, it's, it's sad. It really is. Anyway. All right. Thank you. Mark, thank you for participating. 805. 543 are, are you, uh, 8830 are you going to he said to be conservatives to be a nutcase Michael? um he, i didn't say that I, uh, I, I think um what what the real issue is here is that we have decided to in this country to define conservatism as something that conservatism is not to me being conservative is understanding that real good balance between good environmental laws good quality of life laws good um, and good, very pro-business laws that all work together to move our economy forward and right. to move the future of this country forward. All right. Um, and the ability to support independent rights. That's why I see, I see people will come up to me and say, you're not a conservative because you've always supported same-sex marriage. To me, that is the epitome of a conservative value is getting out of people's lives. All right. Let's take another call. We got Steve in San Luis on KVEC. Hey, Steve. Hey, Dave. How you doing? We're good, Steve. Happy New Year. Ah, happy New Year, year to you, too. Um, Dave, you know me. I've been a long-time moderate Republican. You and I have talked often. You know, I would consider myself a fiscal conservative, you know, on budgets and things like that, but more moderate on the social issues. But, I, you know, in the last six years, I think since Trump and the ultra-conservative Republicans, for the first time, myself and I know several friends of mine, we've considered moving our registration to being an independent. And it's the kind of situation where, listen, all these elections are about addition. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican. There's 35% in the middle, these independents, and it's a game of addition. The Republicans are trying to move enough to the left to pick up some of those independents. The Democrats are trying to move enough to the right to pick up the independents. It's a game of addition. And what they're talking about now uh, on your show of, you know, let's get back to the budget. 
defense, the border, things like those are long-time Republican issues, and these extremists have basically taken over the party. Michael, how do you respond? Yeah, exactly, because what we're doing is we've turned everything into, quote, I'm more Republican than you, I'm more conservative than you. Well, oh yeah, well you support this, well I'm going to be even more conservative than you. And it's a race towards the far right. We see this on the Democratic side as well, where it's a race to the far left. I'm more liberal than you. Well, I'm liberal because I want... You know, um, uh, because I want the Inflation Reduction Act, and I'll vote for that. And somebody else comes along and says, well, I'm more liberal than you because I want to eliminate the Department of Defense. So I'm more liberal than you are. I mean, so everybody's racing to the far left and to the far right. And unfortunately, they're only doing it for statistical reasons. And it's this, because the vast majority of people in this country are busy with their own lives, getting on with their day-to-day jobs and day-to-day families, and the only people that are really paying attention are those far left and far right. So what we're doing is we are they are appealing to these people on both the far left and far right when uh, there's no election cycle going on. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. When you appeal to the far left and to the far right, you raise money. Yeah. Okay. And Steve, Steve, what about what about we get Kevin McCarthy? Oh, I think he's going to have a, a, a start off with a weak speakership because of the January 6th and that he he gave some things away to get the vote. But I would add one thing. You know, in the old days, you know, 30, 40 years ago, um, Goldwater, Barry Goldwater, would have been considered your Matt Gates, But he was reasonable. You could work with Barry Goldwater. Uh, Nelson Rockefeller would have been a liberal Republican from New York. You could have worked with him. These people today, either on the left or the right, way on the right or way on the left, you, you can't work with them anymore. And that's, that's respect, and they won't cross the aisle anymore. Steve, always good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. 805-543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Michael Aaron Woody weighs in on the new Congress. Paul's in San Luis. Hey, Paul. Hello, Dave. Hello, Michael. Hi, Paul. Hey, sir. Hey, Michael, did you, did you happen to see what Bill Thomas said about Kevin McCarthy recently? No, I missed that one. What, no, what happened? Oh, he, you know, Dave, uh, Jack Hardy was on, on Dave's show recently, and mm-hmm. I called in, and I had just saw there was a story uh, that Bill, Bill Thomas had, had called McCarthy a liar, and he said that, that Kevin McCarthy, when you catch him in a lie, he'll lie again to cover up the lie. And he called him a hypocrite. He said Kevin McCarthy is whoever, you know, he, he thinks you want him to be, and which is probably something that it's my opinion of him, too. It's just surprised that Bill Thomas said it. But, uh, you know, Jack dis- dismissed it as just something from the Bakersfield Californian, but... It was actually the story was based on an interview that he did on local TV. It was an hour-long interview. I found the same stuff in the Washington Examiner. I sent it to Jack, and I said, is yeah. this a more reliable source? He didn't respond. Yeah, <laughs> of course not. But what I wanted to bring up, Michael, is, you know, I don't know if you said this or not, but you know that bill that the Republicans want to go after right now about the IRS that it's been scored by several economists and the Congressional uh, Budget Office, and they said that that is actually going to increase the deficit $100 billion. Did, did, have you seen that? 
I've seen a couple statistics on that. I, that's been one of them, yes. Yeah, and, and so it's just, it just goes to show you the hypocrisy of the modern Republican Party. These people, you know, they say that they want to bring fiscal responsibility back to the Republican Party, yet the first thing they want to do is increase the deficit by $100 billion. And then they also want to cut defense spending. And that's just something I don't recognize in the Republican Party. Is it they want to cut defense spending or they want to cut funding for Ukraine? I heard that they want to cut defense spending because they want to hold all spending to uh, 2022 levels. I see. And that would, in, in effect, decrease uh, defense spending by $75 billion. Michael, have you heard that? Uh, not that one specifically, but I do know about the push to on the cutting of Ukraine. But what I, what I've, And that's something that just really... It baffles the mind to look at this. It's now the Democratic Party that wants to go out there and back um, uh, what's going on in Ukraine right now, and the Republican Party is the one that's saying, "Hey, that's you know not our not our gig out there." And I'm scratching my head at sometimes, saying, "Wait a minute, this is sounding a little backwards in, in terms of the narrative that we have normally heard, heard on this." And that's why I've always gone back to this idea, like you said, fiscal responsibility. You know, not increasing the deficit. What happened to that party? And, and that's why I always kind of wrinkle my forehead a bit when people say, well, it doesn't sound like you're a real conservative. And I feel like saying, wait a minute, hold on. Actually, I am the real conservative here. I'm still waiting to figure out what's going on with the party that left me. I, I didn't leave the party. They left me. So I just said, hey, I'm going to stand up to this and walk away from this, and I'm not going to belong to a political party. What else, Paul? And I'll just stay out here by myself. Oh, Michael, I, I'm with you. It's it's bizarro world. And... You know, I'm sure you don't have real fun, you know, feelings towards Russia and Putin. And no, it seems no. like the majority of the, the Republican Party now, and you could see it on Tucker Carlson's show almost every night, they are really leaning towards that brand of, you know, I know Russia is supposed to be a communist party, but they're really sure. more fascist than they are, uh, yeah. you know, and and... Edoran in, in Hungary, fascist leader, and for some reason the people that now call themselves conservatives, not you, but, you know, these people that, you know, they yeah. are, have fascist leanings. All right, that could be a whole other show. Uh, Paul, thank you. We'll come back and uh, wrap things up with Michael Aaron Woody. I'm Dave Congleton on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. Greg Astle joins this afternoon at the top of our talk about our digital culture. We're in our final few minutes with Michael Aaron Woody talking about the brand new Republican Congress, what happened last week. And Michael, in our remaining minutes, I guess we should look ahead. How long before we see an investigation of Hunter Biden? Um, I don't know. Put, put that on a um, sand clock at this point. I would say any day now, to be honest with you. I, I see that one coming very quickly. And um, no doubt. That's just red meat for the Republican base. The late story on ABC News is about these documents involving uh, Biden when he was vice president. Apparently he had left some documents around. Oops. Yeah. What does this do? Uh, it really squelches back the whole idea that the Democrats are going to come in there and start yelling about documents and documents and documents with um, uh, former President Donald Trump. 
because now what they've done is they've handed the Republican Party and Donald Trump the perfect weapon to be able to come back and say, hey, wait a minute, you're going after me, you're ransacking my house, you, you created all these investigations. However, when it happens to President Joe Biden, everybody just looks the other way. And that, that is the narrative that they're going to put out there. Now, before everybody calls in and starts saying, wait, you're comparing apples to oranges, I agree at this point. However, you got to remember, what, what the parties are doing is they're playing to the voters who are paying attention on the periphery and not looking to the details of this every day. And to the voter that's playing on looking at the periphery, they don't see the difference between the two. I see the difference between you and a really bad guest because, Michael Aaron Woody, you always deliver the goods and you would never leave documents around your house. We always enjoy the conversation. Good calls, good conversation. Thank you for your time, my friend. Absolute honor to be here, sir. All right, stay dry. Next time, bring cookies. Yes, sir, I will do that. All right, off we go. We got news, traffic, and weather. Greg Astle is in the house. You're listening to The Dave Congleton Show. The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.